Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John. Happy holidays, Ronaldo. How are you doing, my friend? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I, I thought that? we Does said that sound we would, good? I, I thought we said we would never do that again. So. No, no, I, I tell you, I'm gonna sing whenever I want. Uh, yeah, you know, oh. so there you go. You know, it's 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 mid-October when we're recording this and releasing this episode. And we realized like, um, Christmas is like two months away and this is a really different year. Like we should probably spend some time talking about this on the podcast. What do are, you think? Are, are we beating out like Starbucks and Walgreens? and Target and all these places who are putting out Christmas decorations because I haven't uh, seen I haven't seen Christmas ads yet so uh well um Amazon Prime days have already begun and that's all mm, for Christmas that's so maybe true. That's maybe true. we're okay. a little behind but I think we're ahead of the red cups there we uh, go the there we go cups, right all there right, are yeah. no Christmas cups yet at Starbucks so we're a little ahead of the game right? there we go there we go all right well yes this is the Christmas edition of the church podcast happening yes in october before halloween and everything but um you just have to deal with it and if you're not happy it must be because you're not talking about christmas and uh and we need to be talking about christmas and and while john and i have plenty of insight and um information that we would love to share uh i'm excited john because uh our uh, special guest our returning guest rich kern is back with us from parish success group rich welcome back to the show. Uh, so good to have you. And uh, you're here to talk to us about Christmas, right? Well, first of all, uh, good morning to both of you and to all the listeners and listening to you two talk about Christmas. I should have worn my ugly sweater this morning for this <laughs> for this recording. We could have really gotten into the spirit. And and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm in Wisconsin. And uh, uh, I was just at Walmart and it's all Halloween candy and decorations and all the Christmas trees and ornaments are out. I, apparently, we've forgotten about Thanksgiving. But uh, oh, so, I'm sorry. Thanks. 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 What? What is that? I don't know what that event is. What are we? Oh, sorry. Turkey Day. Oh, Turkey Day. Oh, that's that's the pregame before Black Friday, right? Okay, that's that's right. a that's, football weekend that we may or may not have this. It's year, a right? football weekend, John, that leads up to the shopping for Christmas. I don't shop, so I don't really care about that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so um, this is taking an ugly turn. But um, all right. So, great Chris, to be, great to be with all of you guys. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So, um, all right, Rich, big question. You know, especially for, for people who are like, Christmas, really, are we talking about Christmas? Why should we be talking about Christmas in October? Well, uh, great question, uh, you know, Chris. I, I would say, first of all, I would argue we should be talking about Christmas maybe in October every year. Uh, maybe not all the details and getting to all the fine print, but certainly talking about do we have a strategy, do we have a plan. Um, it is for most parishes the most amount of people at any one concentrated period of time that will be on your campus throughout the entire year to in in particular christmas eve uh, the earliest mass on christmas eve usually the 4 4 30 or whatever you have uh, has the highest concentration of people on your campus at any point during the year and so that in itself is worthy of conversation not just putting together whatever we did last year and let's go with that again kind of kind of approach but i think obviously in 2020, we have extenuating circumstances that I think we all thought. I, I don't remember the last time I was on your show. I know it was during COVID, but 
but I think we all thought this was going to end by fall. And, I, and I'm one of them. I'm with you. Um, it's not. And we don't know how long this is going to last. But what is becoming clearer and clearer is this Christmas, uh, we're going to have to consider virtual. Now, where the listeners and, uh, and everybody are in the United States, is it in person? Is it all virtual? Is it both? Is it, you know, that's for the individual location. But I don't know that we've ever had to, been forced to. Obviously, there are plenty of great Catholic parishes that streamed long before COVID ever showed up. But that's not the norm. And most parishes have never thought about having to create a Christmas experience digitally. And so I just think because it's a new conversation, it's worthy of starting as soon as possible. I hope some of the listeners, when you release this, have already said, well, we didn't get into details, but yeah, we brought it up at our last staff meeting. And for those parishes who are like, oh gosh, I'm still trying to get religious ed up and running. Okay, but you might want to add it to your next staff meeting agenda item. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rich, ahead, you, you, have, you have been talking and doing events, virtual events with different dioceses and, and other groups of folks. What are you hearing right now as you've talked to some of these folks about Christmas? Obviously, that, that wasn't the topic, the main topic of your presentations and workshops, but it always came up. What are you hearing from people? I'm hearing exhaustion <laughs> is, is honestly what I'm hearing from a lot of people. Mental, spiritual, and emotional exhaustion. Um, so, um, John, to your point, so if the listeners wouldn't know, so I, I do a lot of these diocesan-wide conferences, and the last couple of weeks, it's October. October is a huge month for diocesan conferences, and so uh, I've been working with all, either all clergy, or yesterday I was with one diocese in the Midwest um, doing a diocesan-wide one, and just talking about the next 90 days, like what, and so it's in the context of first steps, what are the first steps we do? And in the course of the conversation over the last few weeks, I have been bringing up, what are your thoughts on Christmas? Have you talked about it? Have you even considered it? And in my case, Christmas isn't an isolated event. You can't include Christmas without Advent um, because we have to prepare. And it's a period of discernment and prayer leading up to Christmas. So it's Advent and Christmas, which is even closer than Christmas, right? And so we're only five, six weeks out from Advent. Not that I just put a scare into some, some of the listeners' voice there. but um, And so what I'm hearing is that while a few parishes have started some conversations or at least brought it up onto the staff meeting agenda, the vast majority have been so overwhelmed trying to get the school year up and running and the weirdness of if they have a Catholic school or religious education, uh, is it virtual? Is it not? What is our curriculum? What textbooks do we use? And all those details, uh, as well as quite frankly, what do we do about the declining numbers for masks and finances that that has consumed them. And I think this has crept up on them. I, I think the season, the, the period of the year has crept up and this is not on the radar. So I'm glad that you guys are doing this show. I was thrilled to be a part of it. And and I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. Well, you know, it's kind of funny, actually, uh, on a personal note, um, John and I, every time we do talk about Christmas on the show, it is like the week before Christmas. I think the earliest we've ever done was two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So we finally got our act together about talking about Christmas on this show at a time that we think is timely, right? Um, because, uh, um, yeah, I've been a part of two parishes that have has always 
been talking about Christmas way before Christmas uh, or Advent even uh, comes around. And that's because of the logistics that, that are, are around it. And also that understanding that Advent is a, pr- a time of preparation, a time of celebration, a time of worship, a time of deeper discipleship that leads up to a day where a lot of people give church a second chance, um, give church another chance. And it's a huge um, evangelization opportunity as well. Um, so like you mentioned that churches are like exhausted or overwhelmed, right? And and now that with Christmas approaching and uh, you know, we've talked about how some people still don't have faith formation all ironed out. There's still some school logistics and everything like that. How can parishes make room on their plates for Christmas? Or is it one of those things where we kind of say like, if we haven't figured out the faith formation thing, maybe we do hit pause until January. Um, you know, school, I think, is a little bit of a different sort of animal. But like some of these other things, how do we make room on our plates for Christmas? And and really, it does it become the number one priority? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, uh, Cardinal LaCroix in uh, the Diocese of Quebec brought up that point. Like maybe maybe the focus doesn't need to be at this point in time catechesis. Maybe it's about relationship, right? And you know, I, from my own observation, and you know, I can only speak to the experience uh, of the conversations and, and engagements that I'm having. I think the one mistake that many parishes have done is it's the staff trying to solve all the problems themselves and, and they're burnt out. They may not have named that, but, but that's my observation that they're mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, and emotionally exhausted because they're trying to solve all the problems. Some have leaned into the pastoral and finance councils a little bit, but for the most part, they're trying to do everything themselves. They've taken no time off. They have not spiritually rested. My conversation yesterday with the diocese at the diocesan conference was, look, in Advent and Lent, we who have worked in the church our whole lives are phenomenal at telling everybody else how they need to use these seasons for, for rest, to go on retreat, to do extra study, while we're leading all of these events and not doing rest ourselves. And so I was trying to encourage them, your rest and reflection period might be before Advent, and you need to, you need to consider that. Uh, very simply, the first recommendation that I've been making to parishes is stop doing everything yourselves. In many parishes, a lot of the ministries, if they haven't stopped because everything went virtual, they've at least slowed down dramatically. Uh, many of the men's groups, the women's groups, the you know bereavement ministries, the Bible studies, all, all these different things have also been altered. And so you have a lot of ministries that have kind of gone dormant or at least slowed down. And my recommendation is why not put a subcommittee together of some folks from around our parish that and, and start brainstorming. Now, the brainstorming doesn't mean anything, you're doing everything. It just means let's just throw out some ideas and let's listen to all these other people. And the staff may want to, or one or two members of the staff may want to guide that conversation, but empower your people. Whether you're rural or urban, wealthy or poor, you have parishioners. You can turn some of these conversations over. And, and again, they may not be able to enact everything, but you don't need to mentally think about all the details. Let some other people in and help you. And so that's the first recommendation that I've been doing, uh, trying to help people say, stop doing everything yourself. You're, you're actually doing more harm than you are good. You're burning yourself out and you're not going to be able to pastorally minister to people when they come back this Christmas. So, so that's the first big thing. Um, and in particular, 
in areas of expertise. Um, one of the areas, and this, Chris, is much more up your alley than my alley. I'm not a digital technique, techno guy. I, I love it. I appreciate what technology can do. But if you asked me how podcasts even work, I couldn't tell you. I just know I get on and open my mouth and talk, right? Um, but what I've been sharing with people is if you are in a financial crunch, which many parishes are, at the very least, I would consider finding a donor to get you through the next three months and upgrade your digital capacity, uh, maybe upgrade your internet connectivity so that you don't um, freeze up during mass uh, and during services, that if this is going to be an event that draws a lot of people, event, I don't mean that in a flippant way, but the, the season I'm referring to, not the day of Christmas and the mass, and we're streaming all kinds of things, don't freeze up, don't lose your connectivity. And spend some time and bring in some people from the parish or the area who have expertise in sound, lighting, um, cameras, you know, that uh, in March and April, a lot of people just went and found some kid or college kid who knew how to do technology. Maybe we have a chance to do it a little bit better this time. Easter, I think people understood, but Christmas, we've had a lot of time, so we yeah. can't provide poor experience. Uh, and this is much more up your alley than mine, Chris. Yeah, no, I'll speak to that a, a little bit. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with Easter. Easter was a chance to be like a maverick or, you know, go out there on the fringe. I mean, I, I'll, I tell the story a thousand times because I, I just, I love it, even though it was so painful. On Holy Thursday, our Wi-Fi just crashed on us in the middle of live stream. And I had to stand up and tell uh, our pastor, Father Rick, like, we need to start over. <laughs> I have to reboot the whole Wi-Fi. We need to start over. And his look, we're all kind of like, what? We've never been in this situation before. And it's like, we really can't be in that situation again for Christmas. I mean, um, I, there will be missteps and mishaps, you know, because it's the first time we'll be streaming Christmas. But uh, we've been, we've uh, since then greatly improved our technology and staff and teams and everything along those lines as well. But, um, you know, it, like, uh, I like her point about if you, if parishes do not feel qualified to do this outsource and, and I'll even use my experience at nativity. When we first went from, I, I was there when they went from the church into the Maryland state fairgrounds, the, the cow palace. Right. And it was one of those things where, um, you know, we were going from an environment that we were very familiar with, all of a sudden into an environment that we were not, did not have any of the um, structural or, um, you know, uh, like any of the components that we were used to. And so what we had to do is we had to figure out, okay, where are we getting chairs from? Where are we, you know, how are we setting up lighting? Because in the Maryland State Fairgrounds and the Cow Palace where we were, there wasn't adequate lighting. There wasn't like lighting to light up the altar. There wasn't like power strips to, to plug in. You know, we had to figure out, out some of that stuff. Some of that stuff we, you know, did what you suggest, right? We reached out to parishioners and parishioners helped us problem solve. And then we reached out to event planners. We reached out to, um, um, you know, different uh, people who knew how to broadcast and, and, and develop some of those things as well. And so, um, if you do not know how to do it, outsourcing is the way to go. And yes, um, there are places who have done it before. So if you know, even the evangelical church down the road that, you know, does all the praise and worship concert stuff that maybe you've, you know, turned your nose to a couple of times, like reach out to them and just say like, Hey, how do you, how do you begin? How, like what suggestions, what tips do you guys have any um, resources or places we can reach to? Because 
Yeah, this is our second chance. Christmas is your second chance to get streaming right. It's your second chance to get um, technology right. I don't know if we'll get another chance, but um, I just don't want people to mess that up. And so um, technology has gotten better. There are more Catholic churches, more churches in general who have learned a lot of stuff. I mean, again, email me at uh, either questions at the church podcast.org or C Wesley at marathon youth ministry.com. Um, I'd be more than willing to, to help you guys uh, answer any questions you have about even some of the, um, you know, more affordable equipment that I think could make do, but like seriously reach out to those churches that you've been seeing streaming at, pick their brains and don't be afraid to resource uh, outsource. Um, and then lastly, it's Christmas and uh, it's not too early to start making that wish list to give to some of your donors and say like, all I want for Christmas is the ability to stream. So can you make that happen? And, you know, St. Nick's day, uh, St. Nicholas feast day is a little earlier. So you can get those Christmas presents a little bit early if, uh, if need be. So. Yeah, a couple of things there that you said, Chris, that I, that I really like. First of all, you said this is second chance and I agree with that, but I, I being a little bit doomsday ish. I also think for some audiences within your parish community this is your last chance right to do it right and the reality of rich you said it before right you your own state regulations and rules is going to determine face-to-face virtual whatever how many numbers but i think the reality is for most folks they should be doing a dual dual process they, they're probably going to be having some face-to-face and it's going to be virtual as well and, and that's what we've been talking about you know for for a couple months now chris is that the, the, the streaming of masses is, is, is here to stay and it should be here to stay for lots of reasons that are not COVID, right? And, that, and I'm not going to go back to those episodes. You know, we, we've talked plenty about that, but I do believe that, that this is a, a last chance for certain demographics within our parish. And I think the other thing that parishes are really bad at, and I was reminded of this numerous times when I was a business manager, is we feel like we have the budget for everything ourselves. And, and, and I remember one person said, no, just ask the people like they have the wealth, they have the experience that they have the willingness to give to those specific things. And sometimes they're willing to give to much more specific things than just kind of the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the open ended offertory. And granted, we need that, too. Right. But but this is an opportunity to really tap on people to really make that happen. Now, we always say that Christmas is a, uh, an evangelical opportunity uh, because we get people who come all the time. But Rich, you were talking earlier before we got on that Advent in particular is going to be unique because of the situation colleges are in this year. And so there's an opportunity with Advent as well as Christmas. So you want to jump on that a little bit and share what you're hearing about what's happening with colleges and how that might affect our Advent as well as Christmas? Yeah, well, I, you know, what I was sharing for the listeners, what I was sharing is I have a couple college students in my house and and numerous nieces, nephews, all in the college age. And uh, it seems like a common thread at universities all over the United States um, is that after Thanksgiving, many of the colleges, not all, but many of the colleges are sending the students home and they'll do finals virtually and they won't come back until some point in January uh, later on. So unique to this year is you're going to have an awful lot of college students who are home during the month of December that wouldn't normally be here. And so have our parishes thought about that? Have they discussed that? What, what does that look like? What opportunities lie in that? Um, and, 
And, and what does it mean for us as a parish to reach out even virtually, you know? And so this is where I think really gathering other people, instead of having the parish like, oh, it's one more thing I got to figure out. No, I don't think the staff has to do this by themselves. I think this is the opportunity to really explore and talk and, and discuss and, and maybe, I don't know, crazy, pull in a few college students to, to, to talk about that and see what they want. Uh, I'm glad you brought up also this whole notion of Advent because, you know, for me, Christmas isn't just the day. It, it, it's, it is the um, culmination, just like Easter, you know, Lent matters for Easter, right? Advent matters for Christmas. And so as a parish, what is our plan to, to Chris, I like the way you said that, you know, a lot of people just seem to to give faith another try, you know, and Lent is the same way. Same thing happens in Lent. But during Advent, we do in a normal circumstance, see numbers go up. We see people typically coming back for mass and, and, and going to confession and calling around and seeing when they can go to confession. And obviously numbers at Christmas go way up. What are we doing this year for, uh, to create not, I don't want to get into the logistics, right? You know, that's going to come from your diocese and your state. Think about the experience. What's the experience that we want to create to help people, um, their hearts be transformed, to fall in love with the Lord first? We must first be transformed before we go anywhere else, right? Um, and that they can be in relationship with their brothers and sisters at the parish or in the community. And, and I think there's a lot of very creative ways you can do that. There are some programs out there like alphas of the world that maybe you do a special, maybe you haven't done one before, but you could consider doing something like that uniquely during Advent. But remember, John, I, I, I like your point. For some people, this may be it. Like they're, they're tired. They've been waiting. They've been searching. And I'm not sure you're going to get another crack in preaching at them may not necessarily be where they're at. Uh, what we have learned, if we've learned anything during COVID, it's people are hungering for relationship in a big, big way. They're also hungering for normalcy. Um, over the past several years, I've, I've been observing, I do a lot of Advent parish missions as well. And I can't tell you the number of times people say, how can we never hear Christmas carols anymore? If there was ever a year to do a Christmas concert with Christmas carols. I think this would be the year. And maybe it's not live. Maybe you pre-record it or, or whatever and you post it on your website. Maybe it is live. You better make sure you double check, right, Chris? All your technology ends up when it comes to that. But using Advent for all of that, you know, uh, decorating the heck out of the whole season so that people have this sense of normalcy um, I'm, I'm worried about not just Christmas, but the season of Advent. There's a lot of, let's be honest, November is going to be weird. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the elections, but we're going to have, we already have, but it's going to get far more fragmented after the beginning of November. And it's probably going to be that way for a while is what it sounds like, because either side's not going to concede. That's going to spill into our people. We, we still have schools who are trying to figure out, should we be virtual? Should we be live? And if we're going to be virtual all the way through the first semester, it looks like January and February, are they just going to say, well, you know what, at this point, let's just do the rest of the year. And what does that do for families? 
Same with colleges, by the way. If fall semester and winter semester is virtual, why would they bring students back for spring? So you basically just lost the whole year. And what does that do for people? We know that a lot of small businesses in particular, because everything's going virtual and they're brick and mortar, they're gonna suffer this Christmas. So we may see a lot of businesses close, which means more layoffs are gonna come. Where is the church having the conversation now, not after it happens, saying the season of Advent, this Advent, we have got to be positioned to bring hope and joy. Because I don't know, has it been needed more in my lifetime? I don't know, has it been needed more than this Advent? Yeah, I, I, well said, well said. I mean, um, yeah, it, it is one of those times where people are hurting. And I, I mean, we've we've even been seeing that in youth ministry. Um, how many teens, uh, my, you know, a little shout out to my uh, small group leaders because they've been connecting with parents and the thing that they're hearing from their parent, uh, from the parents of the kids in their uh, small groups is that their kids are just hurting, you know, like even though, even some of the kids who are going in person, you know, to school and everything like that, there's just, uh, they're, they're hurting because they're adjusting to a world that, that their parents can't explain, you know, uh, no one's really lived through this before. And so um, they're just, uh, you know, different things. I know from a personal standpoint, my kids are like, are we going to see family over Thanksgiving? Cause we live out of state, you know, and my wife and I are like, we can't answer that right now. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be tough to, to have some of those conversations. So the church has to get into triage mode um, like now um, and, and prepare for that. Um, I, you know, I, I, kind of going back to like what you were saying with Advent, um, you know, and, and the Christmas Carol, uh, seeing Christmas carols and, and things like that. While you want to get things right for Advent, Advent's also a great opportunity to try from a technological standpoint and even from a hospitality or logistical standpoint to try things out as you get ready for Christmas Eve. You know, for example, I know um, our director of liturgy is planning a Gadate um, concert. Um, and so uh, he wants that streamed. And at first I was like, oh, another thing to stream. But then I was like, all right, you know what? This will give us another chance to test out the equipment, to try some new things, to, to do different things. Because, uh, you know, even though our equipment and our production is getting better with Christmas Eve, uh, with just weekend liturgy streaming, we want to make Christmas Eve that much more special, right? We want to make it that much more. So yeah, um, if you've never done streaming before, plan a couple of different things, even if it's just a youth ministry night, right? Like if your youth group is, is doing, um, if you have a youth band and they're going to do a praise and worship concert, you know, stream that so you can test out the equipment so you can see how the audio is. You know, um, if you're, if you're uh, you know, you, you said uh, um, before, this is not just a time for, for pastors to preach or, you know, people just to preach at, but this is actually a time to work on your preaching, to work on your homilies and, and, and everything. And so um, if you're not doing a daily, um, even if you're doing daily mass, if you're not doing a daily reflection, you know, that you're posting to Facebook or YouTube or Vimeo or something like that, that's a great opportunity during Advent to do that. So you can practice your homily and get that right. Because when people are listening on Christmas Eve, you know, they're, they want to hear a message. They want to hear a message that's going to tell them that, that God's with them and that uh, God loves them uh, dearly. And so um, there are opportunities to prepare for Christmas Eve through the things you do during Advent and even through November as well. 
Uh, yeah, I'll have to share, Chris. I think that's a really good idea about just having like a daily reflection of uh, video or audio and posting that uh, from the from the priest point of view. Uh, one of our uh, one of our friends and someone we're working with in the Diocese of Reno, uh, Father Bob Chori, he he does that. He has a every day, he, and he puts it on social media, and he's just it's a little short, little morning video to kind of get it started. Uh, so we'll link to that on the show notes. If you go to the churchpodcast.org and visit episode 156, I think I'm going to title this, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, much to Chris's chagrin. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and link to to uh, Father Bob's uh, little video thing he does. It's not crazy fancy. Uh, it's it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, but uh, people are listening in and people really like it. And so, and I think that's a great idea for Advent. Just do it for Advent. Who knows? You may like doing it and you may go like, well, I can keep doing this after Christmas too. So that's actually a really good idea. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, um, again, too, if you guys have, um, those of you who are listening, if you have resources or, uh, or you see churches who uh, have it together, who are getting it together, then do you want um, us to share that uh, with other listeners? Just definitely shoot us an email at questions at the church org, or reach out to John or I, but um, you know, Rich, as we're kind of starting to wrap things up here. Um, any like further thoughts or last thoughts on um, how parishes uh, and, and even how dioceses can help parishes prepare for, for the Christmas uh, and Advent season? Yeah, I, you know, the, the, the thing that just keeps coming as you were talking that just, it, I don't know if it's a mantra or whatever you want to call it, just keeps coming over and over into my head is the light is coming to pierce the darkness, the light of the world, right? And that's Christmas. The light of the world is coming to pierce the darkness. And we're in a darkness. We're in a dark period. This has been the absolute weirdest year that I think anyone alive today has experienced. Obviously, throughout history, there have been some very, very dark, you know, years and periods and pandemics and whatnot. And how do we become the prophets? We meaning the church, those of us who work in the church. How are we, the prophets, reminding all of us in exile? right? We've been exiled from our church for a few months and trying to figure out, do we get to go back or not go back? But we're in this weird place of a norm that clearly God is, is still very present in. And how do we help our community? How do we become that positive, inspirational, um, loving message in our communities that the light will pierce the darkness that the light of the world is, is our hope and that light of the world can only be found in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and everything that we do this Advent and Christmas, I think has to speak to that. You know, this Christmas, even for me on a personal note, is going to be very different. And, and I do have in common a lot of people because I did lose my dad this year and I lost him during the height of the pandemic. I could not see him at all. And, and he didn't die from COVID, um, but he died extremely unexpectedly and nobody could be with him. And the first time I saw my dad was in the coffin. And, and that was a very unusual experience and a very difficult way to say goodbye to my dad. And this Christmas, um, having lost my mom just one year prior, this Christmas is going to be a different Christmas. And there are hundreds of thousands of people who are in the same boat this year. And so we have to be people of hope. That's, if, if we've ever had a message as the church, it's people of hope. That Christ is the answer. That, that, that the hope lies. That pain and suffering is how 
we are purified and made holy. And so everyone listening to this podcast in all of our parishes throughout the world, but in particular the United States and all of the members of the church, all of the ministries that are at all of these parishes, we all have to come together this Advent and Christmas and say, what do we do to be the light in our local geographic community wherever we happen to live? And, and so I think that's why, so it's only taken us an hour to come back to your original question. Why should we be having this conversation now? I think we need to have this conversation because now is the time for the unification of the parish to say we need to be about hope and that the light will pierce the darkness. That's the theme we meditate on. That's the, the, the course of action moving forward. Because quite frankly, it is the truth. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Rich, for uh, just uh, sharing your, your, your experience, your wisdom, your thoughts, always uh, coming on the show and everything. And uh, if you want to uh, reach out to Rich, uh, of course, just go to the parish success group.com, uh, you know, and uh, you can reach out to him there. Um, but if you have uh, questions that you want um, John or I to answer, uh, just uh, feel free to go to the church podcast.org. Shoot us questions at questions at the church podcast um uh dot o-r-g but if you just reach out to john john how can people get in touch with you yep same place to reach out to rich go to parishsuccessgroup.com uh but if you want to connect on twitter i love having conversations there at john ronaldo and if you want john to sing at your next christmas party uh he is charging uh, a great rate a great rate you know in fact you just need to five get figures five yep, figures yeah, yeah five. In- include, including decimal points okay. yep yep five action figures there you go so anyway <laughs> uh for his nativity set he's trying to build a new nativity uh, there set. you go yeah. build of star wars uh action figures so please there you go there you go but anyway um if you want to reach out to me just go to marathonyouthministry.com or you can find me on social media at marathon youth ministry um, and again, uh, if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes, we'd love for you to share them with people, you know, people you don't know, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your pets, you know, uh, just anyone who could benefit uh, from this episode. And if you did enjoy it too, please leave a five-star review and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Um, again, Rich, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, would you close us in prayer? I absolutely would. And so for all of us, including all the listeners, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise first and foremost for life. We ask that as we spend this time discerning this Christmas, may we understand your call to each of us to be that light and that hope. Uh, The Holy Spirit has inspired her church to always have that sense of confidence that God is with us that we seek the lost, the lonely, the forsaken, the sick, the downtrodden, the lonely, and the depressed. Lord, this year, as we prepare for Christmas, in a very special way, we ask that you use us, that we may be instruments of your peace, so that all that we do, all that we say, and all that we are, reflects your love and leads all people back to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.